Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, May the 2nd, 2023, and uh, we are in Luke chapter 24 today as we continue our journey through the New Testament this year. And so we uh, are coming to the, uh, in each of the, each of the Gospels, we're kind of coming to the final chapters. And so that's the case today in the Gospel of Luke as we read the final chapter of Luke. And uh, so, yeah, should be fun. First week of May, lots of uh, school ending, you know, year-end school stuff going on, I know. So for us, it's kind of literally the end of school as uh, our youngest gets ready to graduate. So they're doing AP testing this week, so not much school going on now, just pretty much uh, taking taking some tests here and there. So. All right. Uh, hope you guys are doing well, getting those summer plans ready. Won't be long, man. Won't be long. Be in the, uh, the dog days of summer before we know it. Good morning, Molly. Good morning, Angie. Welcome, everybody. Thank you guys for uh, sharing this, for being a part of it. And um, a reminder that starting next week, it will be podcast only. So just another reminder uh, that this will be the last week for a few months that I'll be on live on with video on Facebook. Uh, so starting next week, it'll be just on the podcast. So you can catch it on Anchor. Um, which is now owned by Spotify. Uh, but you can search for it on Anchor Podcast, uh, Apple Music, um, Google, Amazon Music. You could probably, I haven't tried it, but you could probably tell your Alexa to play Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. I don't know. Maybe it would work. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's dive in, y'all. Let's, uh, let's let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Luke chapter twenty four. It is a rather long chapter. <laughs> That's my Alexa just heard it. My Alexa just took off running here, so had to tell her to stop. All right, so Luke chapter twenty four. Uh, we got about fifty three verses here, so but some good stuff. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spice, the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, 
Now, this is interesting because this this account gives a little bit more um, um, and it says here that suddenly two men in clothes um, in the uh, I think in the other gospel, it only uh, uh, mentioned just the one. But here it mentions two men clothed in gleam like lightning stood beside them in their fright. The women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Hmm. I love that verse. Looking for Jesus, you think they think he's dead, still dead, still in the tomb, and the angels say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? <laughs> why would you look for somebody who's alive in a place where only dead people are. Mm. He is not here. He is. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners and be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. So they didn't even remember that Jesus had told them that until the, until the angels brought it back to their attention. Hey, don't you remember that before when he was with you and before he died, before he was crucified, before that final week, he taught you over and over that um, that the Son of Man would be delivered over into the hands of sinners. He would be crucified on the third day. He would rise again. Don't you remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did say that. <laughs> Duh. Um, then they remembered. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. No guy ever said that before. Um, but it was true. You may not believe me, but it's true. That's what that's what the lady said. I mean, how many times does that happen? You're not gonna believe this. Yeah, I don't believe it. But it's true. Oh, okay. Um Peter, however, Peter looked Peter believing it. Peter, however, he got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen, linen lying there, lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. See, because he didn't see Jesus raised from the dead, he just saw the 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 uh, the remnants of a of a dead body that had been there. So, you know, he doesn't immediately jump to the the conclusion that Jesus is alive. He's thinking, "Man, what does this mean?" Wondering. I think it's probably hard to probably hard to even understand or uh, truly appreciate the confusion that the early disciples must have had after the resurrection. It it was nothing they had expected or could foresee even though Jesus told them and taught them yes, but they really I mean the idea that someone would come back to life. I mean, that just was, it was a paradigm they were not 
they had not they didn't they were not familiar with no one was so you, it's hard to even you know really calculate the amount of confusion they, that was swirling in their minds in those you know on that first easter morning the scripture says that peter went away wondering to himself what had happened and notice he doesn't conclude that jesus rose from the dead no he wonders what had happened <laughs> you know He's like, oh, yep, Jesus must have rose from the dead, just like you said. No, he's wondering what had happened. There's doubt, confusion. You know, that's, you know, doubt and confusion is, is a normal human experience. You're, it's okay if you don't understand everything. It's okay if things confuse you. It's okay, even when it comes to the purposes and plans of God, even when it comes to the Word of God. It's completely normal to read things, to see things, to experience things in faith and in life and just be confused just wonder why what happened why did this happen you know one of the best things you can give to your to your kids and to your skeptic friends and those who are struggling with questions is to reaffirm to them that god is not afraid of your questions god is not afraid of your questions I can assure you there is no question ever asked that God is not has not heard before. You're not the first one to ask these questions. And, you know, sometimes, especially I, I see, you know, as parents, we see our kids go through those phases where they really struggle with their faith and struggle to make their faith their own. Look, that's normal. I know it's hard to see them struggle. I know it's hard to see them ask questions and doubt and even maybe run from God or even deny God. But that struggle is important. That struggle is an important part of making their faith their own. And so the best thing you can do is to reaffirm, number one, this is the first thing, you got to be, you got to remain, remain non-anxious. If you're in the presence of someone who's questioning and asking you know, difficult spiritual questions, and this is true of everything, not just spiritual questions, being a non-anxious presence is, uh, is powerful. Like, don't get entangled into the drama. Don't get tangled into the stress. Don't in get entangled into the anxiety. Remain. That's why Jesus talks so much about abide in me, right? Remain a non-anxious presence. You know, one of this is on my mind a lot because um, one of the things um, over the, in the conference that uh, was talked about a lot was the amount of anxiety and depression that is being experienced in um, young adults and kids right now, and it's real, man. There's it's real, you know, and uh, from the from the global pandemic to the uh, racial division to the political um, division and and um, polarization. It's just a lot of kids are just struggling, um, and a lot of adults are struggling. <laughs> and so, what we need to do as people of God is we need to dwell with Jesus. We need to be with Jesus. We need to be in His presence. We need to not just uh, dip our toe in with Jesus. We need to dwell in his presence. We need to, we do, we do need to allow him to give us peace and contentment so that we don't get swirled away in the chaos of the world. 
so we don't get we so that we can be a non-anxious presence in our community. I think one of the things for um, you know I was thinking about our church Bayside. And I know there are many people on here that are not from Bayside, um, but there are many on here that are. <clears throat> and so, you know, I think one of the beautiful things about our church, and I think as uh, as as leaders in our church, we have to continue to foster and encourage, is that Bayside is non-anxious. By and large, it wasn't always that way. There were times that Bayside was a highly anxious, fearful uh, community. But it isn't today. And there's a non-anxious presence, the presence of Jesus, <laughs> that is there. And people experience that. People know that. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? That means you don't go you know, you don't go. You don't go running and getting entangled in every little political argument. You don't go get rank, uh, entangled and wrapped up in every little, uh, you know, talking point or or uh, bullet point from the culture. But there are a lot of churches that are so wrapped up in that. You know, they've they've jumped in on the bandwagon of this or that, and they've cre- they they've they've become part of the anxious the anxiousness. And. Uh, Listen, at children of God, people of God, brothers and sisters, we've, we've got to be non-anxious. We've got to be so rooted in Jesus. You look at Jesus was not an anxious person. He wasn't anxious. He had peace. He, had, uh, he, was, he knew who he was. He had love and concern and compassion for others, but he didn't get triangulated into their, their stuff. <laughs> he knew who he was. He knew who he was in the sight of God. He loved people, but he continued to be that that peace, that prince of peace everywhere he went. And you cannot bring peace to a circumstance or to other people if you're all entangled up in their junk. If you're all swirled into the drama in the same way with our world, if you're all swirled up into the political drama, you can't bring peace. You're part of the anxiety. (laughs) You're, You're just as wrapped up in it as they are. Um, but that's that's our calling is to be to be the the hands and feet of Jesus and 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 not just his hands and feet, his presence, to be the presence of Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit is in us, and so when we go to places and environments, we should bring the Holy Spirit. We do bring the Holy Spirit with us, but if we can let the Holy Spirit manifest His peace, that's life giving for people. You ever been in the presence of someone? And you're like, man, I just, I just, I'm just at peace with them. <laughs> you know, I just feel like I can ah, breathe. I know they're not gonna try to argue with me or push their agenda or get wrapped up in this or start, you know, this lecture about this issue or that issue. They just, or they they dwell with me. Hmm. That's 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 the prince of that's that's a gift, man. And when we do that as followers of Jesus, that's the Prince of Peace working through us through the Holy Spirit to bring peace in the midst of chaos. You see, there are two, two, two extremes to in high-anxiety situations. One is you can get so wrapped up, entangled in the mess. You become part of the problem. You become part of the anxiety. Uh, and you contribute to it. You fuel it. You fan it. You, now you're part of the problem. And I've been there. There's been plenty of times I've become part of the problem. The other extreme is to uh, is, and this is very prevalent in our culture too, and it's hot, and it's 
very predictable for a high anxiety culture. The other extreme is to cut off. And so we talk about cancel culture. I'm just going to cut you off. In this high anxiety situation, you disagree with me. You say something I don't agree with. You say something that I don't line up with 100%. I'm just going to cut you off. That's not an option. Do you know there's a third option? You can actually be a non-anxious presence where you can listen to someone, seek to understand someone, love someone, still disagree with them, and still remain in relationship. (laughs) That you can still remain in relationship. You can still love. You can still spend time together. You still encourage each other. You can still be there for each other. It isn't, it, it, there isn't just two options of entanglement and or cutting people off. You can actually, there's a, it's the way of Jesus, man. It's the way of Jesus. To be a non-anxious presence in a high-anxiety culture. Hmm. So that's on my mind a lot, and I think that's, you know, that's really the, uh, one of the gifts that God has given um, our church, and we need to really foster that. And um, because people need room to breathe, man. Verse 13. This is an awesome story. This is the story of um, the road to Emmaus. The only place this is recorded is right here in Luke chapter 24. We don't find this anywhere else in the gospel. There was a little reference to it, a subtle uh, indirect reference to it in uh, Mark 16. But here we see the, the actual unveiled account in Luke 24. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Isn't that cool? So they're walking, they're leaving Jerusalem. They're like, what is, what is going on? They're so confused. Again, they're confused too. They're still confused trying to figure out what happened in Jerusalem and Jesus and the trial and the crucifixion, and some people now are saying he's alive. Like, what does this all this mean? And so, whoop, Jesus just jumped up next to him. You know, there's a bunch of people, so this is like, it's not like they were like the only two people on the road. There's lots of people walking, but Jesus just sort of merges with the traffic, pedestrian traffic, and starts walking with them. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in the last days, in the last few days? <laughs> Jesus is playing dumb here, right? He's playing ignorant. Now you tell me. No, what things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. So these guys are believers, right? They're, they're, they were disciples. They were hoping that Jesus was the one who he said he was. They were hoping he was going to restore Israel. But they're confused. They don't really understand what happened. Verse 22. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. They told the truth. We had some friends that went, and they found out that the women told the truth. 
but they did not see Jesus. So they saw the angels. See, this is honest, man. This is so honest. This is an honest recalling of the story. They, it's not made up. <laughs> they went to the tomb. They didn't see Jesus. What did they see? They saw <clears throat> a few remnants of, the, of a dead body, but they didn't see Jesus. Now, we know the, from the rest of the story that Jesus appeared to Mary and the women after they left the tomb, Mark 20, or Matthew 28. But when they went to the tomb, they didn't see anything other than the angels. 25. Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Hmm. That sounds kind of harsh, isn't it? But in a way, it's, you know, it's honest. <laughs> like Jesus is like, I told you all of this. You have now eyewitness testimony. You have people who've spoke to, spoken to angels. Like, what? Well, come on. Why are you so slow to believe? And we we all can be there though, right? Can't we all have moments we're just slow to believe? You know, like God's got to like work it in us over and over from like twenty five different angles before we finally get it. We're slow to believe. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? I love verse twenty seven. Jesus was a man of the Word of God. Your Bible. You know, we talked a little bit about the inspiration of Scripture and how we got the New Testament and all that. Look, Jesus affirmed the Word of God. He affirmed the holy words of the Bible. So verse 27, and, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning himself. I love Luke 24, verse 27. Jesus showed these disciples from the Bible, that it was all about him. What did Jesus preach? Himself. Jesus preached Jesus. Jesus was the messenger and the message. As they approached the village to the which, he, which they were going, Jesus continued on. I love this. He's like, I'm just going to keep on going. If you, you know, if y'all want to hear some more, y'all gonna have to show some initiative. I'm just gonna just gonna keep on walking. So as they were approached the village, as they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going to go farther. But they urged him strongly, "Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over." So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Sounds like the Last Supper, right? Then their eyes were open; they recognized him, and he appeared. And he disappeared before their sight. Wow. I love this verse too. Verse 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while, we, while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? Man, how many of you have had that experience where the word of God has opened up to you and it burns in your heart? It's so true. It's so personal. It's so life-giving. It's so real. You can, you can say with these disciples on the road to Emmaus, yes, our hearts burned within us when, we, when the Holy Scriptures were opened up to us, man. It still happens. It still happens. It still happens when the Word of God is open. It burns within us. It's like, yes. Even though I struggle sometimes to obey it, even though I wrestle with it, it is 
burning within me. The word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It separates between joints and marrow. It discerns truth and error. It's powerful. It's life-giving. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus and hallelujah, while they were still talking, you're not going to believe this. You know, we were walking down the road. Jesus appeared to us. We broke the bread, and boom, we didn't know who it was. But when he broke the bread, boom, there was Jesus. And it's like, you mean like that Jesus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Jesus. <laughs> and while they were still talking, Jesus himself stood among them and said, here we go, man, right here. Peace be with you. Man, I just feel that right now. I just feel like that's a word for us to be the kind of people that can enter into groups of people and into environments and circumstances and bring the peace of God and say, peace be with you. Your answer is in Jesus. He is the one you're searching for. He is the one that will make sense out of the chaos. He is the one who will walk with you through the storms of life. Whether it be a pandemic, whether it be social unrest, whether it be political division, whatever it is, a health crisis, he will be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Mm. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Mm. He's not a ghost. Jesus didn't raise as a ghost or as an aberration. He didn't raise as like a mist or as a, as a, as a, uh, a shadow. No, no. He had flesh and bone. He literally rose. His physical body was raised to life. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they were still don't believe it because of the joy and amazement, <laughs> I love that. They didn't believe it because they were too excited. It's just, this is too good. I can't believe this. This is too amazing. I can't believe this. This is too awesome. <laughs> uh, do you? Have, I love this, man. This is beautiful. Jesus says, "Do you have anything to here to eat?" Now, now, let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. Jesus just was raised from the dead by the power of God. Do you think he needs? Do you think he needs food from them? <laughs> How many of you know this is more about? relationship and connection and intimacy with his followers than it is about them providing something for him that will sustain him. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He's like, man, thank you for the fish, man. Thank you for this broiled fish. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything, come on, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds. Man, if you want to do a study, just look through all the things in here that Jesus opens. He opens the Bible. He opens their minds. He opens their eyes. 
He opens the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> so they could understand the Scriptures. He opened their mind. Sometimes we've got to pray that God will open the mind of people so that they can see the Scriptures. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and on the third day, rise from the dead. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. It's happening now. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses to these things. I'm going to send you to my Father. Uh, I'm going to send you what my Father promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Mm. They, did what they, they, did, they did what he told them. They waited in Jerusalem until they get, were given power from on high. And we know in Acts chapter 1, uh, they were waiting in the upper room. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls and fills each and every one of them. Praise God. Well, thanks for being on today. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends. Lord, uh, help us to be people of peace. As we receive your peace, help us to bring that peace, the peace of God that transcends all understanding into each and every circumstance and into the hearts and minds of other people who are maybe in anxiety and in chaos. Lord, we know that, um, that you are the Prince of Peace and that um, you bring peace stillness to the storms of life. So we lean into you today. We trust you. We walk with you. We choose to be a non-anxious presence in a world of chaos, not out of our own strength, but through you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. You guys are awesome. Hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for sharing this, liking it, subscribing, commenting. Really appreciate all of that. And uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow with John chapter 20. Hope to see you there. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.